This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We pick up today on talking about Joseph the inmate. Joseph the inmate. I can uh, come before you today thankful that I cannot give any personal illustrations this morning about being an inmate. Okay, I can't do that. Some of you will open up the floor later. I'm just kidding. But uh, you, can give some, you can give a word of testimony this morning. But Joseph the inmate. It's a place I never want to find myself. It's a place I never want to find myself when I deserve it. But it's definitely a place I never want to find myself when I don't deserve it. Right? It's like, you know, if I'm an idiot and I go out and make a dumb decision and I get thrown into jail for it, okay, you did it and there's your consequences. But when it's something like Joseph is experiencing where Joseph could have fought and become very aggressive about his innocence and he is thrown into prison unjustly, I don't know how I would deal with that. And there are stories, if you do a simple search online, you can find stories of, of men and women that have been behind bars for decades. And then they finally find some evidence in their case and they're able to pardon them and, and, and let them go into freedom. And, and just, uh, just amazing stories of that. But Joseph the inmate, Genesis chapter 40 is where we'll be this morning. Words will be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. I'm going to read through the entire chapter because it speaks to the entire story and you'll understand as we go through. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, against the chief of the bakers. He put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound, the same prison Joseph was in. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. And they continued to season him ward. So as the two men, the butler and the baker, were th- cast into prison, Joseph, once again, had already found favor in the prison warden's eyes, and he was given them to kind of watch over. Verse 5, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? Or, let's be a little clearer maybe, why are you so sad? Right? By the way, we're coming back to verse 8. I love a leadership lesson. This isn't a leadership series, but I love the fact that Joseph was uh, involved enough in the lives of the people that he was serving that the first day their countenance had fallen, he recognized it. He walks in and he goes, oh wait, something's not right. You guys, you don't, what's wrong? And that's, a, that's an amazing lesson uh, in leadership. And it's an amazing lesson, not even in leadership, just in relationships. But Joseph paid enough attention to those he was serving and those that were in his circle that he comes in the first day and the Bible says their countenance had fallen or they, were, they, they looked differently and he pointed it out immediately. Um, and asked them what was wrong. Verse 8, they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. By the way, that's Joseph not taking credit for what's about to happen. Verse 9, And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and said unto him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine uh, were, were three branches, and it was 
do it. Go ahead. And in the vine were, uh, were three branches. Where are we at? There we go. And it, was, and it was as though it budded and her blossoms shot forth. And the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. And I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee into thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. So uh, butler is another word for a cupbearer. So he was literally the man who would drink the cup before the king to make sure there was no poison and make sure everything was okay. And he has the dream and he is restored. In three days he will be restored to his place and his position of cupbearer. Joseph says, but think on me. When it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. In one of the saddest verses of scripture, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. The story is very simple today. As we read, Joseph is cast into prison, finds favor, two men, the king's cupbearer, the butler, and the baker, are thrown into prison under Joseph's care. They come in one day, their countenance has fallen. Joseph inquires, what's going on? What's wrong? And they say, uh, the, the butler says, I've dreamed a dream. And he tells him the dream. And Joseph tells him, this is the interpretation. Remember, it's God that gives the interpretation, not Joseph. He said, here's the interpretation of your dream. In three days, Pharaoh is going to put you back into your position as cupbearer. The baker says, oh, it worked out good for him. Let me tell you about my dream. And so the baker says, here, here was my dream. Joseph hears it. Joseph says, hey, in three days, you're going to have your head chopped off and you're going to be hanged in public. A little bit different. Those two dreams come true. The first dream from the cupbearer, Joseph had simply said, once you get out, would you simply remember me? Just, just let Pharaoh know. And we see, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph. But he forgot him. He forgot him. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, lead us and guide us as we walk through this passage. Teach us things from your word that you would have us to, to learn. God, we pray we would leave here having a better understanding and grasp of, this, of this, uh, this passage of scripture. But more importantly, that our hearts would be transformed to be more like your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen.
Today we are going to highlight what we have alluded to throughout this entire series. And that is this. There is an unmistakable parallel in the life of Joseph and in the life of Jesus, our Savior in the New Testament. There's an unmistakable parallel. And this morning, I don't have the time to go through everything, but we have highlighted some that I wanted to bring back to our attention. Uh, there was not one sin recorded in Scripture about either Joseph or Jesus. Uh, both were found favor in the sight of their father, Jesus in the sight of his heavenly father, Joseph in the sight of his earthly father. Both Jesus and Joseph were hated by their own Joseph's brothers hated him and rejected him. And Jesus, it was said of him that he came unto his own and what his own received him not. John chapter 1 tells us. Joseph was stripped of his robe by his brothers and his robe was thrown on the ground and bloodied. And Jesus' robe was gambled for by those who accused him. They both had their robes stripped of them. Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver into slavery. And Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Many parallels and many more that we didn't highlight today. But this story, this passage, uh, this chapter in the Bible offers some really interesting highlights into the parallels between Joseph and Jesus. And the way today's sermon is going to work, I'm going to give you some of those parallels. And then we're going to give you some practical applications. I never want us to come together and you drive here and you you put your kids in kids and we come here and we just get an academic sermon. I want to always leave us with, hey, here are some things we can take with us Monday through Saturday. I'm a big believer in preaching the word and that's what we do. But I'm also a big believer in applying the word to, to 2018 to your life and to my life. Number one this morning we see this. Joseph or Jesus revealed his character when faced with unjust imprisonment. Joseph, or Jesus, revealed his character when faced with unjust imprisonment. Hey, Joseph was cast into prison for nothing that he did wrong. Hey, Jesus was brought before the rulers of his day and bound up and put into prison for wrong that he never Committed. Let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 53, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, Jesus. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Jesus, falsely imprisoned, yet he didn't say a word. Joseph, falsely imprisoned, yet he didn't say a a word. We once again in this passage see Joseph revealing who he truly is, his character when he is faced with yet another unfair, unjust situation in life. And by the way, there are two times in life when your true character will be revealed. Number one, it's when no one else is around and no one is looking. Your true character will be revealed. You are who you are when no one is around. That's who you are. The best of you and the worst of you is who you are when no one else is around. And it's also, secondly, when something unjust and or unfair happens in your life. Your true character will show. And Joseph's true character 
showed. And obviously Jesus, his perfect character and his perfect life was shown as he was faced with unjust imprisonment. Joseph didn't complain. He didn't feel sorry for himself. At least scripture does not record that he did. In fact, Joseph made the best of his bad situation. Last week we said it like this. We said Joseph didn't wait for a better opportunity. He made where he was at a better opportunity. Joseph did not wait for a better opportunity. Here we are again in prison. Know what? He made his, where he was at, a better opportunity. And this morning, let me encourage you that your true character will be revealed in those difficult times in life where we make where we are at a better opportunity. It's a parallel with the life of Christ. May we, when we are cut, when we are cut this morning, may we bleed true blue all the way through full of biblical character, Christian, Christ-like follower of Jesus. Hey, when Joseph was cut, that's what he bled. He bled 100%, 100%, true blue, all the way through. And may that be your testimony this morning, and may that be my testimony when our character is revealed. It is revealed that we are godly, biblical, and Christ-like. Secondly, this morning we see not only was Joseph revealed his character when faced with unjust imprisonment, but secondly, we see that Joseph and Jesus were both named among political prisoners. Both named among political prisoners. We already know today in our passage that Joseph was named among the butler and the baker, two political prisoners of Pharaoh that were thrown and cast into prison. But we find Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53, again, he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Luke 23 says, And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, that they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Hey, both Joseph and Jesus this morning were named with the lowest of the lows. They were named with the prisoners. They were named with the criminals this morning. And I think about Jesus who knew who he was, who had claimed and known that he was deity. He was God in the flesh, but he was willing to hang on a cross beside two legit criminals. Beside two men who deserved to die, Joseph, uh, Jesus found himself in that cross and Joseph found himself in prison with prisoners that deserve to be there. And Joseph finds himself named and numbered among the lowest of the lows. Both Jesus and both Joseph and Jesus were willing to rub shoulders with those that were in sin. They were willing to rub shoulders with those that were in difficult times in their lives. They were willing to be used in those times. And let me just say this, may you and may I never be too good to rub shoulders with people that are struggling. May you and I never be too good to find that person who maybe we haven't seen in a little while at church and find that person and grab that person and say, I want to take you to lunch or let's go out for coffee. And you see that person, you give them a big hug. You tell them how much you love them, how much you miss them. Can I help you? And don't just say it. Hey, I've been praying for you. If you haven't been praying for them, don't lie to them. All right, don't don't lie to them. But hey, I've been praying for you. I'll tell you this, I'm going to start praying for you. Hey, what can I pray with you about? numbering ourselves with those that are struggling. Hey, listen, anybody can be friends with people that are all good. 
Anybody can serve those that are the lovable, but it takes a true follower of Jesus to be numbered with the prisoners, to be numbered with those that are struggling, to be numbered with the sinners. And Jesus, if we could look into the life of Christ, we see him being numbered with the sinners all the time. In fact, the Pharisees called him out on numerous occasions for being numbered with the sinners. Jesus, the Savior of the world, named with the criminals. Joseph, the favored son who will soon rule over the entire land of Egypt, numbered with the prisoners. Thirdly, this morning we see Joseph and Jesus both saw one prisoner lifted up and one let go. They both see one prisoner lifted up and one let go. We see here the butler and the baker. We see that the butler is lifted up and restored back to his position of cupbearer. And we see that the baker, is a kind way of putting it, he was let go. You know, uh, it's, it's like when your boss comes in and it's not like you're fired. You know, they don't do that to you. They come in, you're like, we've got to, we got to downsize. We've got to make some adjustments, you know. It's just a nicer, easier way of saying it. But an easier way of saying it here is let go. They were let go. And the baker was let go and the butler was restored and lifted up. In Luke chapter 23, we see as Jesus is on the cross, one of the criminals who were hanging railed against him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. He's kind of giving Jesus an aggressive, hey, if you are who you say you are, why don't you do something about it? Verse 40, but the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for, of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong, speaking of Jesus. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. An amazing story of God's grace that we see here. We see God's grace in the life of one of the prisoners hanging on that cross at Calvary. We see God reaching down and touching that life. We see God redeeming that soul. And we see God allowing that chief butler to be restored back again to his place of service as a cupbearer. Let me just say this this morning. There is no one too far gone for Jesus. There's no one, I don't care if that criminal is on the cross and it's five, four, three, two, one, you're about to die. No one is too far gone to turn and repent and to receive the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. And we see it here in the New Testament in Jesus and we saw it back with Joseph, how the butler was saved and the baker was killed. We see some things here in the passage, and I won't go back and read it. And it's just interesting, maybe just a tidbit for you to go take and study on your own. I think it's interesting that it was three days uh, in the, the, the dream. Three days later, three days later, three days later. Uh, there's a possible parallel there with Jesus, and three days later, um, he, was, he rose again. But just something to look at in your spare time. I jotted it in my notes because it caught my attention, and I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe somebody will take it and run with it. But Jesus revealed his, Joseph revealed his character when faced with unjust imprisonment. He was named among the political prisoners. He saw one prisoner lifted up, and he saw one let go. Fourthly, this morning, we see that both Joseph and Jesus experienced those he had saved forget him. 
those he had saved, forgot him. Joseph, I had this dream. Could you interpret my dream? Here it is. And Joseph interprets a very positive outcome. In three days, you're going to be, it's like this never happened. In three days, you're back in Pharaoh's house. You're back serving. You're back doing your thing as the cupbearer. Hey, would you do me one favor? I don't ask for a lot. I hope I've made your time here in this prison enjoyable. As enjoyable as possible. I hope you enjoyed the breakfast. I hope you enjoyed, you know, continental breakfast. All this good stuff. But would you do me one favor? When you get back into Pharaoh's house, would you just remember me? Because you know I was sold into slavery and then I was thrown in this prison and truthfully, I don't really deserve to be here. I don't fight for myself. I don't make a big deal about this. But since you're going to have access to one person who can do something about it, Pharaoh, would you just remember me? Would you just say something to him? And you know, just one simple favor. It was only three days. 72 hours later. It's not like me. I mean, I'm going to forget. I understand. You know, people were telling me their names on the way in this morning. I'm like, Lord, help me. I want to try to remember their names in an hour and a half. Help me, Lord. But you know what? Three days. Can you not remember in three days someone who literally saved your life through the interpretation of that dream? Right? What do we find in the life of Christ? Luke chapter 22 says, Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looked closely at him said, This man also was with him, Jesus. But he, Peter, denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are, you also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also is with him, for he too is a, a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know uh, what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. By the way, that's an amazing statement. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Whenever someone makes eye contact with you, like I'm just making with you, there's something about that. All of our parents know what we're talking about. Like you can be like, you can cuss at your kids. You can scream and yell and cuss at them. But if you make eye contact with them, there's, also, there's something about that eye contact, right? Here was Peter denying Christ, and the Lord turned and looked at him. They made eye contact. They connected. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Those that Jesus had saved, had called, had loved, would forget him, would push him to the side, would deny him. Not only that, but Peter's, not the, Peter's my favorite disciple, by the way. My man, we got to forget Apostle Paul the movie. We got to have Peter the movie, but it's probably rated R. So anyway, uh, you know, don't take your kids. Uh, but um, but I'm, I, look, I, would, I would watch that movie, Peter the movie. That'd be amazing. But Peter wasn't the only one. You see, the rest of the disciples were told on numerous occasions before Jesus was taken into custody, before Jesus was put on that cross, they were told on numerous occasions that, hey, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to be on a cross, and three days later, I'm going to rise again. And guess what? Three days after he was crucified, you would think there would be 12 men that would be in a circle, a semicircle around that, around that tomb, just waiting for him to come out. Jesus' deity does not make this possible. 
but in Jesus' humanity. Okay? Give me that freedom this morning. Let's not get into a theological debate about it. All right. In Jesus' humanity, if I'm Jesus, let's put it that way. I'm in that tomb and I know what's about to happen. I'm about to rise from the grave. Here I come. Man, when that stone rolls away, I can't wait to see my closest, at least my three, Peter, James, and John, at least the ones that were the closest to me and probably there's nine other guys too. Like, man, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a party. Here we come. But boom, right? And we come out. No, you know what? His 12 disciples, they forgot him. They forgot him. In fact, even when they were told by the women that, hey, come and look at the tomb, it's empty, they still didn't believe him. Jesus saved them and gave them a new life and they forgot him just as the cupbearer to the king forgot Joseph. I asked for one thing. That's all I asked for. Just remember. Just remember me to Pharaoh. Just remember me. Jesus uh, healed 10 lepers and nine of them completely forgot him. And how many? One came back and said, I remember. Thank you. Thank you. So practical applications this morning that we can take from this passage as we move forward in our lives, as we move forward and we let God's word instruct us in the way that we ought to go. Number one is this, true character, and it's a little, this is a little bit of a repeat, but bear with me. Your true character is not shown when times are good, but when times are tough. And let me just say this practically applying it. If you are going through a tough time, how many of you would say by raise of hands, hey, I've been recently through a tough time, or I currently am going through one? Listen, put your hands on this morning. If you're going through a tough time or you feel like a tough time is ahead of you, hey, listen, I, wanna, I want us to change our perspective. I want us to say, listen, God is giving me an opportunity to show my true character. God is giving me an opportunity to show just how much Jesus means to me. God is giving me an opportunity right now where I can show who, that he truly has made a difference in my life. Hey, during this tough time. Hey, life is easy when you're up on the mountain. Life is very easy. But how many of you understand in order for it to be called a mountain, what's on either side of it? A valley. And so if you're on a mountain this morning, praise God. Don't forget him, by the way, on the mountain. Don't forget him. But just keep in mind, if you're on a mountaintop, behind you, there was probably a valley that brought you up there. And I hate to tell you this. I'm not, you know, if you want to hear some other kind of preaching, I, I got a bunch of churches I can send you to. But if you're on a mountaintop, get ready. Because more than likely... There's a valley coming. I don't know when, but in order for that to be a mountaintop, there's got to be a valley on that side. There's got to be a valley on that side. Such is life. And when we're in those valleys, let me just say this morning, it's an opportunity for us to reveal who Jesus really is in our lives. It's an opportunity to reveal that. You see, Joseph's true character was shown when times were tough. The second practical application this morning even in the unfair times of life, we are called to build relationships for the glory of God. Let's be honest, folks. Y'all, we're all humans. I'm unjustly in prison. I'm going to probably fight and be the loudest jerk in prison because I'm not supposed to be there, and I'm going to fight about it. If I'm not going to fight about it, I'm probably going to go the opposite. I'm probably going to go sit in the corner and pout 
and not speak to anyone and let this over with. You're going to kill me? You're going to go ahead and kill me. Whatever, what are you going to do? You know what Joseph did? He developed relationships with the other prisoners when he was unjustly imprisoned. What is that? that? That tells me and that tells you this morning that even in those difficult seasons of life, God still calls you to interact and create positive relationships with other people. Hey, listen, when times are tough, it's not a time to lock yourself in the room and it's not a time to not interact with people. I'll just say this, it's not a time to pull yourself away from your local church. It's time to push yourself closer into that church. It's time to come out of that, of that bedroom a little bit and interact with the family and interact with those friends and interact with your community around you and your circle. God calls us to relationships even in bad times. And I think this, this is my personal opinion here. This is not scripture. This is my personal opinion is some of the deepest relationships we form, we form with those when we're in tough times. We form with those people that we, that we uh, garner those relationships with in the valleys. They go through the valleys with us. They understand our valley situations. So even in the unfair times of life, we are called scripturally to build relationships for the glory of God. Thirdly, practical application this morning. After having our, our lives changed by Jesus, may we never be guilty of forgetting. Man, life gets rolling. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And we go from event to event to event. And if you're like me, events I never said I was interested in on Facebook pop up in my Facebook feed like, you have an event this weekend. I had no idea. I guess I do. Our, our lives are so cluttered that so often we can forget. We can just go through our lives and we can forget the one who means the most in our lives. Today's my 12 year anniversary, Sarah and I. We've made it 12 years, yeah, okay. Thank you, Brian. But at the end of the day, if my wife or I forget each other, that's never going to happen. If I forget her birthday, uh-uh, I might as well not even come home. I might as well wait until next year and remember her birthday again and find a place to live for a year, right? <laughs> if I forget today, today's our anniversary, we're heading out of town this afternoon, it's going to be great. You know, I'm not going to forget that. You know why? Because it, it's important to me. It's very important to me. And if, if we have any husbands here that have forgotten, I love you. There's forgiveness at the cross. <laughs> I don't know if there's forgiveness with your spouse, but there is forgiveness at the cross. But you know, at the end of the day, if you value that relationship, you're not going to forget. Hey, guess what? If you value that relationship, you're not going to forget. There shouldn't be a day goes by that we don't say, Jesus, thank you. There shouldn't be a day go by that we don't say, to God be the glory for great things he has done in my life. There shouldn't be a day that goes by. May we not be guilty of forgetting. And I added a fourth one. I don't think it made it to the screen, but it's all good. Simply says this, forgotten by man, remembered by God. Forgotten by man, but remembered by God. See, Joseph 
was forgotten, humanly speaking, by the cupbearer, by the butler. But God remembered him. And just at the right time, we're going to find out the next time we're in this series, we're going to find out that the very next time, Pharaoh, there's a situation that happens. Oh, you know what? He does remember him. And you know what? God does bless him. You know what? God does use him. Hey, listen, forgotten by man, but remembered by God. And you may be sitting here today and you may be saying, no one knows what I do. I'm so undervalued. I'm so underappreciated. I'm a parent and I do all this stuff for my kids. And it's like my kids don't even realize what I'm doing. They have, I never get any credit. My spouse gives me no credit for what I try to put into our marriage. My boss overlooks everything I do. It seems like everybody at work gets promoted before I get promoted. It seems like this person over here that just kisses up all day seems to get the raise and I don't get the raise. It seems like whatever I do, no one notices. And let me say this, forgotten by man, but remembered by God. And at the end of the day, when we live our life for the favor and the glory and the honor of one person, that's God. When we live our lives for his glory, for his honor, that is all that matters. You see, we can live this life looking for the approval of other people. We can live this life looking for other people to remember us. And, and uh, how come you didn't wish me happy birthday? I, you obviously saw it. Okay, whatever. Forgotten by God. Remembered. I'm sorry. Forgotten by man. Thank you. Remembered by God. It doesn't matter where you are in life. I wish I could tell you this morning that everything is going to be smooth. Everything's going to be wonderful you're going to just cruise but I can't do that there's going to be mountains there's going to be valleys there's going to be valleys that extend for a long time hopefully there's going to be mountaintops that extend a long time as well but life is a life of ups and downs life is a life of hills and valleys life is a life of mountaintops and low points at the end of the day it just is what it is but you know what when our faith is found on Jesus when our sure ground and our sure footing is in Jesus Christ and Him alone, that is where we can find so much security. And that's where we can find the strength that we need to move on for Him. Can we learn this morning from Joseph, the inmate? I know I can. I hope I never have to be in prison. But if I ever am in prison, maybe I'm going to do exactly what Joseph did, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, Joseph points to, to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And if you this morning do not have a relationship with Jesus, I would like to call you into that relationship, a personal, real relationship with Jesus. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.